Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education, presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. Episode 2, Youth and Community Work, with Julia Rooney. Welcome back, everybody. We have a brand new guest with us on the podcast today, um, Julia Rooney. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Hello, Emma. Nice, uh, to, nice to speak to you. Uh, nice to have you. And I suppose we should probably start out with who are you and what do you do? So we know that you're Julia Rooney, uh, but uh, what is it that you do here at Cardiff Met? You're one of our esteemed colleagues. Tell us about what you do. Um, well, I work on the Youth and Community Work programmes. So I'm one of the senior lecturers who um, teaches cohorts of students youth and community work. So we have three different programmes, a foundation programme for our students. We have a degree programme for our students. And then we also have postgraduate programmes for our students, um, all on the theme of youth and community work. So while we're clear, obviously, uh, over in our world, we, we would generally work on the PGCE. We know people mostly go off to become kind of mainstream secondary or primary teachers. What sort of roles do alumni of your wonderful programmes actually end up doing out in the community with the youth? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, really good question, actually, Tom. Um, Youth and community workers work with young people in all sorts of different settings, in all sorts of different contexts, both within local communities and across all sorts of different environments. So you might find youth and community workers traditionally working in a youth centre or a youth club. Um, And these might be um, fully paid, full-time members of staff, or they could indeed be volunteers. Um, But you'd also find a number of youth workers, and indeed we have got a number of graduate youth workers, who work in other settings. So we have youth workers who work in schools. They work alongside teachers on a one-to-one or a group capacity. Um, And we also have youth workers working in schools where they are mentoring or guiding or facilitating young people's informal education. We have youth workers who might work in community settings which have um, opportunities for families in local communities to access. We would have youth and community workers who might be working in residential settings. These might be um, traditionally what people might have called children's homes and we see a lot of our youth workers working there. We have youth workers who might be working within the youth justice sector working with young people who are not in education, employment or training, working with young people who may be in prison or working with families of young people who are at risk. We have youth workers who are working in the outdoors. So they may be working in um, outdoor settings, encouraging young people to get involved in all sorts of different sporting and challenging activities in the outside, in the environment. We have youth workers, again, who will be working in communities and taking part in environmental and sustainable um, projects and programmes with young people. So we have youth workers working in a number of different settings. We would have youth workers potentially working in health settings, for example. And one of my early, very early um, youth work experiences was working for a health trust um, here in South Wales. 
Um, we have a number of youth workers who might be working in housing projects, supporting young people who are homeless or at risk of being homeless. And we have a number of youth workers who might you might see, especially now um, with COVID, you might see out on the streets. So we call those street-based youth workers. And they're either based on the streets, engaging with young people in different settings on the streets, or they may be undertaking some kind of outreach work with young people and are linked perhaps to a building within that local area. So you'll find where you'll find young people, you'll probably find youth workers as well. And I, I, the thing that obviously I would imagine strikes a lot of our listeners listening to that massive list, actually, of, of various different guises and settings that alumni from your programmes work with young people and indeed during the programme whilst on placement is we often encourage our student teachers to when it gets to that point in the year when they feel they can kind of stick their head up above the sort of parapet of of their school building and consider what's going on more broadly in the community and what's happening to their young people um, who are their pupils outside of the four walls of the school building and actually just listening to the vast amount of work that your students do um, and, and your graduates do, I think it's important that our students really do get a sense of, of the work, the really important work that's going on out there and how it maybe interfaces with what they're doing in the classroom. Have you got any thoughts about that, about the kind of intersections between what the education sort of establishment does and how it links with what youth workers do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, youth work is quite interesting because there are there isn't a kind of single definition about what youth work is, but it is a sort of set of general agreements that we have as as a profession. And these general agreements are underpinned by a set of professional principles and a set of professional values. And a couple of those professional principles and values are around the educative aspect of youth and community work. We work with young people in an informal capacity to help young people develop and learn, to support young people on a journey in their own lives and to question, to challenge, to um, experience new opportunities supported by a trusted adult, which we call youth workers. Another aspect, if you like, of the youth of youth work and community development with young people is around the welfare and well-being of young people to ensure and support that young people are comfortable, healthy and happy and are living fulfilled lives as a member of their local communities. And so we obviously work with young people and with their families. And a lot of the time, young people that we work with will be in school. So one of the ways in which we support young people whilst they're in school is to actually work alongside teachers within schools. Um, we can work on school campuses and we do work on school campuses and we support social spaces for young people to meet in certain schools. We also have youth workers who work one-to-one -one with young people to support their emotional and mental health whilst they're in schools. If young people are experiencing particular issues or challenges, um, many schools across South Wales might have a youth worker for that young person to turn to. 
youth workers are also developing things like personal and social education and they're coming into schools and running really fun and interesting workshops in the schools in the classrooms for and on behalf of the young people and the teachers in those schools and we also have a number of youth workers who have worked and do work in the school setting one-to-one engaging young people in those classroom-based sessions and then in addition to that we have youth workers who work in pupil referral units so they will work with some of the um, more challenging young people or young people that are considered more challenging um, in these pupil referral units offering alternative types of education to young people so that they can still engage and learn as a result of it. And then obviously we have a whole team, a whole host of youth workers who are based in communities. So when you talk about your student teachers um, looking a little bit broader, looking a little bit outside of the school, I myself have worked in a community setting and would have regular meetings with the teachers of the high schools in the setting that I worked in, the community I worked in, um, because we'd obviously both be working with the same group of young people. Uh, uh, the the notion of, of community and its significance um, to a to a trainee youth worker um, and I suppose to a trainee teacher as well is one that can seem quite quite big and broad. Um, where do you start with your youth and community trainees when they, when they fresh on on the program in order to give them sort of an insight into how significant the kind of culture and context of community is to the work that they do yeah i think one of the first things we like to try and um, talk through with our students about this about this notion of community what is a community in the first instance and i think quite often you know people will begin to define communities by the very fact that it's a geographical area And so we kind of explore these ideas with our students around, okay, well, in this geographical area that we might consider to be a a community, who lives in that community? And could we then consider other people who live within that geographical area as communities of interest within their own right? So we kind of explore with students the different notions of what community means both to themselves and obviously the young people and families that they'll be working with. And one of the um, really interesting and exciting um, pieces of uh, work they have to do, one of the modules that our students have to do is around community research, where they're given an opportunity to take existing data about a specific geographical community and then go into that local geographical community and talk to people who live there about what it's like living there, what it's like being in that local community. And we encourage our students to talk to and speak with and survey a number of different people within that community from example, young people, um, head teachers in schools, um, people who are within um, the um, local authority who might also be working within that school, voluntary sector providers who might also be working in that community, 
talking to people like the local elected member, for example, who also has a responsibility to and with that community. So this module gives students a really useful um, beginning about understanding what it means to live in a community and to understand community needs. We then suggest with students that when they take all of this information together, they can then put together some kind of potential interventions, looking at the assets within that local community and how they can support and build on those assets. It strikes me that there are a lot of parallels to sort of your your programme um, with with our own really and, and the significance just hearing you talk there of, of research and that research plays in sort of broadening the horizons and uh, and and ideals and ideas of students when they come onto the programme but also about how they kind of situate their research within the context of kind of lived human experiences like the qualitative aspect of research and actually getting to to speak to and, and understand real perspectives and people on the ground something else that um unites us is the placement um and and how important it is that our, our student teachers and and your students have real kind of placements do they have a, a mentor on placement and, and if they do how important is that relationship in in helping them to grow into a practitioner in their own right yeah, I mean, the placement opportunity for our students is, is phenomenal, if I'm honest. All of our students at all levels have to undertake a certain number of hours whilst they're on placement. And these um, hours, the placement runs concurrently with their academic studies. So one of the things that we have in place on our programme are tutorial sessions. All our students have a named personal tutor and all of our students will meet on a weekly basis in a smaller tutor group, again with their named academic supervisor. And this is an opportunity whilst they're in the university to start to consider and to talk about in smaller groups what they're experiencing whilst they're on placement and how is that linking up with what they're learning in terms of the academic study that they're looking at within the university setting. So that experience for students is absolutely crucial. It provides a, a central point, if you like, where you're starting to connect theory and practice and having discussions around that. It's an opportunity for students to bring into tutorials um, anything that they are finding challenging, any tensions with what they're doing whilst they're on placement, anything they've done well, and to share those experiences it's also an opportunity for students to also hear about the other placements students are also going on as part of their learning journey. So that bit is really crucial and that's held within the university setting. Outside, whilst the students are on placement, we also have a named fieldwork facilitator. And again, this person acts, as you, as you said, sort of like a mentor. This person takes responsibility for supervising the student whilst they're on placement and this person will hold regular supervision with that student. And again, it's an opportunity for the student whilst they're now in placement to discuss with their fieldwork facilitator what they're doing, how they're learning and how they're getting on whilst they're on placement. And all of our students before that process happens has what we call a fieldwork contract meeting. 
So we sit down with our fieldwork facilitators on placement and it is mainly led by the academic supervisor from the university with the student also in this process. And we start to consider what could the student be involved in? What sort of learning opportunities are there for the student whilst they're on placement? And this happens at every level from level three through to level seven for all of our students whilst they're on the programs that we deliver. I'm just uh, thinking now, musing on what you said uh, at the start of the episode, Julia, about the many kind of ways in which youth workers interact kind of face to face with with young people who really need that support for their well-being, you know, for their health. And we've all just been through an extraordinary period where we've had to completely change the way that we work and and also an extraordinarily challenging period for a lot of our young people. Um, what what did youth work look like when uh, when COVID nineteen hit? How how do you carry on doing that when everybody's sort of locked down and, and worried about getting face to face in rooms sure. and that kind of thing? What did you do? Yeah, well, I mean, it was really interesting because of a lot of our providers, a lot of people who are providing youth work and community development with young people were incredibly reactive, which was amazing, because what we didn't seem to see is a complete close or shutdown of youth provision. What we did see very quickly was a move to online and virtual engagement with young people. So a number of youth providers started to quite quickly engage with young people through the use of Teams or the use of Zoom or other virtual and online methods, which was really good because for some of those young people, this was an opportunity to have that sort of check-in, to be known by an individual youth worker and to be supported whilst they are going through a very, very difficult period. We also saw, or we're beginning to see more so, a big sort of shift to street-based youth work. So even though everybody was locked down, we were still seeing um, young people who were out and about and on the streets. And those young people needed some support, some care, some attention, and also some information about the lockdown process and what it meant for them. So youth work hasn't actually stopped But what it's done is paused, had a look at the needs of young people and then reacted accordingly. Another thing that we also saw was that youth workers were there supporting schools and working within the school setting. So for a number of young people whose parents might be key workers and were still attending school, for example, we also saw youth workers working alongside teachers in those settings. And we also saw in some of the more um, community settings, a number of youth and community workers that were started to then look at community needs more specifically, helping people, for example, who needed medication and weren't able to go out, supporting people, for example, who needed shopping and weren't able to get it, even offering things like clothes banks um, for some people who needed some of those vital services. So we saw a huge shift in the way in which youth workers worked in terms of, you know, it may be not the traditional opening up of a youth centre setting, but we still saw those principles and those values coming through in terms of working with local communities, working alongside young people and responding to the need at those particular times. 
Julia, it strikes me that youth workers are an absolutely invaluable source of information as well for for schools. You touched upon this earlier um, to gain an insight into uh, its young people, its pupils, that they otherwise wouldn't wouldn't gain um, whilst they're they're actually on on the school site. Do you feel that there is enough? sort of productive dialogue and enough opportunity for dialogue between schools and, and youth workers and specifically classroom practitioners and youth workers to get at that kind of whole, whole holistic approach to the young person at this crucial time in their lives? Um, I think that's quite tricky because um, you're kind of asking me a sort of general general question, but it varies. It varies in all schools and it varies in different communities. And I think there are a number of different local authorities who have very good youth and community work connections with their local schools um, in terms of working alongside and supporting young people whilst they're in school. So I think I'd say there is um, a, a variety across across South Wales that I've seen. I think what's really interesting is that um, we're not necessarily that different. We could be considered two sides of a similar coin. We both have the best interests of young people at heart. We both have a vested interest in supporting young people's learning and development. We definitely have an interest in safeguarding and looking after the welfare and well-being of young people. Um, And so I don't think there's necessarily a need to create divides, as in schools and youth workers or schools and youth or teachers and youth workers, schools and youth clubs. Um, Because what youth workers tend to do very well is work with other professionals in order to support young people. Yeah, it strikes me that I sort of wish I'd uh, I'd known a little bit more about the world of uh, youth workers and what they do when I was a teacher back in the classroom, because you could certainly get a bit a bit blinkered thinking about curriculum and, and maybe not so much about the whole child. So maybe there's a maybe there's a takeaway for our student teachers there that there's a whole world outside of of those things that schools are so interested in. And maybe that's the way to really know our pupils. Thanks, Julie. That's been been really interesting food for thought. Let's move on to the infamous homework slots now that we, we give all of our, our victims or guests, as we call them. Do you have something interesting that you've read or listened to or seen recently, whether it's to do with education or youth work or completely different that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes, I do, actually. And this is kind of based on some of the concepts we've just been discussing around this idea of the whole whole child, a whole young person. I've been reading some work by Moll called Funds of Knowledge. Um, I don't know if you've heard about that before, but Moll talks about this idea of Funds of Knowledge is a way of kind of connecting homes and, with classrooms, a way of connecting communities and families with schools. And the idea of funds of knowledge, according to Moll, is that every individual pupil, every individual young person, has a number of skills and knowledge that they already bring with them into the classroom environment. And this knowledge and these skills have been culturally and historically developed, both within the community that this young person is part of and the family that this young person is part of. And so... 
The idea that Moll talks about is that how can we integrate this knowledge and integrate these skills into classroom activities so that within the classroom you can create kind of a, a richer scaffold learning experience for the pupils within the classroom. So I'm, I'm very interested in this concept because I think it's a way of, as I said, connecting communities and families with schools and bringing together homes and classrooms. Thank you very much, Julia. It's fascinating. And, and it really, um, it chimes with some of the stuff that we've been reading and talking about on the podcast recently about this notion of cultural capital. And we always talk about this in a way that we're giving something to the pupils, but not necessarily acknowledging that they come into the classroom with these uh, was it funds of, of knowledge that they already have? Um, really fascinating. Thank you for that. Um, do you have something to try? So again, it's based on this this idea of funds of knowledge and exploring these funds of knowledge with, with pupils, with young people. And some of the things I think you could potentially try within the classroom setting or within the outdoor setting um, is kind of like creating photo essays, perhaps with young people, perhaps with pupils. Try and create collages with young people, bring in some of that creative aspects to learning where young people are encouraged and pupils are encouraged to create collages of who they are and what they're part of and what do they already know. Another thing that could potentially you could explore is interviewing pupils and their families and creating a little sort of funds of knowledge chart, if you like, where you bring in all the different knowledge that each pupil has to offer and all the cultural elements that they have as part of those families that they're from. So these are some of the things that you could perhaps explore and try within the classroom setting, creating those photo essays, creating those collages, interviewing families and their parents and their and um, obviously the pupils themselves. Yeah, this this links really nicely with an interview we did with Rachel Morgan-Jones about working with pupils from many different cultures. And she was talking specifically about the music classroom. But yeah, this this idea that the you know, it's not a one way process that we sort of do education to them, but that they do come in with these things, which can really enrich the experience for all of us, I think is is really relevant for us and really important, particularly with the new curriculum coming in and this this kind of emphasis on on you know looking after the whole people i think you've probably got a lot to teach us there julia it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today thank you for your time um and good luck with this uh, the rest of this academic year ahead that is very quickly uh, moving yes. along in these very strange times so stay yeah. well and thank you brilliant thank you so much tom thank you so much emma it's been great thank you it's been lovely having you and that's us done for another episode so we'll be back in a fortnight with something new for your ears but in the meantime look after yourselves and goodbye You've been listening to Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education, presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. The special guest this episode was Julia Rooney from our youth and community programmes here at Cardiff Met. If you're interested in that line of work, why not drop her a line? Podcast artwork is by Beth Blanford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. You can find us on Twitter at TalkTeachingPod. We'll be back in a fortnight with something else interesting. Until then, take care and enjoy teaching. Enjoy teaching.